Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gail Morgan welcoming you to the Libertarian Counterpoints Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. You've heard their point, now listen to the counterpoint. Welcome to Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Uh, We're coming at you on March 10th, 2021. Uh, we've survived about five, six weeks of the uh, Biden administration. Um, but before we get into any of the show, let me introduce you to our panel. On our upper left-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in Liberty. He's a retired engineer in the state of California. And in our upper right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. And I'll be your host. Uh, my name is Jason McPhee. And let's jump into the show. So today's show is going to be a little bit different than our normal shows. Uh, we're going to kind of focus mostly on the issue of free speech on this particular one, free speech in sort of public places. And that's kind of a, you know, been a hot topic over the last year. And so we're essentially going to talk a little bit about some of the places where free speech has been under assault, which is mainly the college campuses, but it's sort of been happening in other places as well. And then we're going to jump into uh, Liberty at the Movies, our second installment of that, where we'll look at a uh, scene of uh, a free speech, a good scene on free speech from the movie Casablanca. But for, so let's uh, let's jump right into this. So um, free speech, we've had all of these issues going on in campuses, especially in the last four years or so. Uh, people thinking that free speech means that they literally get to call for other people not to be able to speak, I guess, because they, they feel offended. So they can they can somehow cancel your speech with their speech. Um uh, maybe maybe request that your speech, you know, just isn't allowed because it triggers them or other things like this. And so we have a few pictures. I'm going to just uh, uh, bring those up now. And th this particular picture is of an incident at Evergreen Campus in uh, or Evergreen University in the state of Washington. And that's uh, they, they apparently have some kind of a weird ritual, which is I think it's like a day without a black person day. And, and they decided to change it about a few years ago. <laughs> they said, uh, let's have day without a white person day instead. <laughs> and so they, they, apparently that was a voluntary thing initially for, for black people where they just wanted to show people what life would be like if they didn't show up. And then it essentially became sort of more militant where they told white people not to show up. on that day. <laughs> and so this was saying, and it's funny too, because you look at this crowd and Looks like there's an awful lot of white people in the crowd, but essentially <laughs> they're they're telling uh, Brett Weinstein, this professor here, that uh, you know he needs to be quiet and leave, even though he's teaching a class, and you know he had the right to be there, but you know this was sort of a thing, and and so that that was uh, uh, one thing, and I, I think I'll just cycle through these pictures here real quick. There's just a couple images. Now, here's an image of a, a professor, Christina Hoff Summers, and she was giving a lecture at a university, and she uh, uh, gives lectures on uh, issues between, I guess, boys and girls and their representation and stuff. And so I think she thinks in a lot of times that boys are, are being given short shrift uh, in, in a lot of places nowadays. So these people on rape culture decided to crash her lecture and uh, essentially they, they called this their free speech right to just show up and drown her out inside of a classroom that other people had paid for this class, presumably, and they're there. And, uh, but anyway, so, uh, uh, you know, that was sort of a disinvitation that they had done on Christina Hoff Summers. And then this is just a scene from a 
uh, a BLM, a recent BLM uh, uh, thing where a woman in a restaurant was just harassed by this whole uh, BLM mob that came in. And I guess they're just, you know, using their speech to just shout at her while she's sitting in there because I guess she didn't show allegiance to them as they came in. And the funny thing is, too, that for BLM, there's an awful lot of white folks here, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But uh, anyway, so that's just a few images about, uh, you know, kind of where we've been going with some of these speech issues. And so you guys want to jump in on some of this? And, uh, it, is, it, it, is just, it is just somewhat sickening because what, what we what see in here is the resegregation of our society. This cancer culture that is ongoing, where people believe that they have a right not to be offended, is now segregating us into little tribes. George Wallace in 1963, in his inaugural address said, segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. And this attack, these attack on free speech is doing exactly that. We are now living the vision of George Wallace where you can run into a classroom where a teacher is teaching and you can tell her she cannot speak because I don't like what you are saying. I am offended by what you are saying. So she must now segregate herself and be quiet. You can have people in restaurants who don't show any allegiance to Black Lives Matter or to whoever, they better show their allegiance or they must segregate themselves and be quiet. This is what is happening. Look at this madness on Evergreen campus, which happened. They have a day of absence. And you're right, Jason, it started off well. Blacks will just voluntarily stay off campus. Then they decide, well, no, you know, whites should stay off campus. Not only that they suggested it, they wanted to enforce it, just like during Jim Crow that blacks could not go certain places and they were going to enforce it. And this is what happened at Evergreen. Segregation, that now our thought patterns must be segregated where blacks could say certain things and whites cannot do the same or vice versa. Everything is now segregated. And this is the road we are going down now. This cancer culture is leading us into a society <clears throat> where we'll be divided by tribes and we'll be warring at each other. This is frightening. I mean, I've lived my life, but I have a grandson. I don't know what country he's gonna be living in if this continues. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what, I can't, I can't uh, add to that necessarily. Um, yeah, uh, the, none of this is good. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you don't like what somebody says, uh, you don't have to listen, but you know, they have a right and, and they have a right to say what they have to say or what they want to say, especially when they're invited or they're teaching a class. And uh, you don't have the right to interrupt them because you're infringing upon their free speech rights. And, you know, so, yeah, it, it would have been hard for me to stay in my seat with these, um, this, you know, I pay, pay to listen to this gal talk, for example, and these kids are up there. It would have been difficult for me to stay in my seat and not walk up there, yank that sign out of their hands and 
you know, that the guy wouldn't wouldn't have hit the the girls. But if I had to, I'd slug the guy. I mean, you know, hey, what, what am I infringing upon your right not to be slugged? Oh well, what about you infringing on the right of this person uh, trying to talk to the class here? Or what about my right to hear them and not your dumbass? Okay, did I say ass? Oh, I said dumbass. Are you allowed? Are you allowed to say that, Tim? I, I don't know. It's it's a donkey or a, you know. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, this is just just so maddening. I mean, do they think they're getting their message? Uh, across uh, are they are, are they um, changing minds are they influencing people toward their point of view I seriously doubt it unless you're dumb as a rock already in which case you don't have a point of view and so if any, someone influences you you know what difference does it make you never had one in the in the first place so yeah no I mean this is a hundred percent wrong and zero percent right all this stuff well, and know, I, ch I challenge anyone to show me how this, <laughs> oh, and you have to convince me. And you have to do it without infringing on my, on my rights to show course. me why this is good. This, all, this whole thing, this whole, all, all this stuff, people infringing upon other people's rights to sit in a, in a restaurant that they are paying to sit in and eat the food there, right. uh, to, to eat peaceably to go to a class, to uh, listen to a, a um, or to teach a class, you know, you, you're gonna have, a, that's gonna be an uphill battle to convince me that there is some good in any of that. Well, you know, Tim, I think some of this means that we really have to get down to the principles of, of you know, when people really have free speech and, and when they shouldn't expect necessarily to have free speech. I, you know, to me, it seems like a lot of this is based upon whether or not you're on private property or whether you're in the commons. And in, in this particular case, I mean, this person is in a restaurant and they are just enjoying a meal. And, you know, the, the restaurant didn't give these people the permission to come in there and just inject their noise over everybody. You know, they, these people just took it upon themselves to do it. And same thing with this class, too, with this Christina Hoff Summers. I mean, people had paid for the privilege to be in there, to hear mm -hmm. her. And that's what they were there for. Uh, you know, and, and the idea that people think they have the right to just invade that association and be able to to push their view. Now, now, if this had been out in the commons, if people were just talking in a park and people just happened to show up and, you know, nobody had a particular right, you know, uh, to, to be there, you know, uh, that trumped anybody else's, then I guess, you know, maybe things are kind of fair game. But this is really, you, well, like I, you said you paid I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't agree. I, if, if, if I was at a park listening to um, a speaker speak on some conservative or you know, whatever issue and, or, or even a progressive issue. And then somebody else on the other side came along and disrupted that. I didn't pay any money and I'm in a common area. It's, it's a public park, for example. No, I don't, I don't think they have the right to shout over the person that's there first. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, regardless what's, whose side it's on. It's, to me, it's just a basic principle that if, if somebody... Uh, has something to say uh, without shouting. I guess the I guess the only salient point here is that with, it's done without shouting over the top of somebody else that's trying to say something. You know? Well, let's that let's kind. jump into it's, it's not battle of the bands or 
Well, well actually, I tell, I tell you what. Speaking of Battle of the Bands, we have uh, our new movie clip here that we wanted to do, and it's uh, called uh, uh, "Liberty at the Movies." This is our second try at this, and so uh, <laughs> essentially, this time. So this time we we are going to do the movie Casablanca, and so in Casablanca, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting movie about uh, you know. Um, essentially World War II and, you know, sort of a resistance issue against the Nazis, uh, you know, people coming to this area that sort of occupied France uh, uh, and they're trying to get out essentially to evade the Nazis and get out of there so that they can, you know, uh, go to areas that are free. Um, but anyways, uh, uh, there are some instances in here that have some kind of interesting lessons, interesting takes on liberty. And that's kind of what we want to do in this segment is to pull your attention to some of these old movies and show you what we think are kind of some really interesting uh, ideas, uh, you know, on liberty that are brought out here and maybe, you know, bring these movies back alive so you can maybe go back and relook at them in another take. But uh, so anyways, we have a trailer. Uh, let's go through the trailer real quick so that people can kind of get on board with what the movie's about. A roll trailer. Played Sam. You must remember this A kiss is just a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things You can't get away Do it, hide me Do something, you must help me I stick my neck out for nobody Wise foreign policy And when two lovers woo They still say I love you on that you why did you come back to tell me why you ran out on me at the railway station yes well, you can tell me now i'm reasonably sober as time goes there is a man arrived in casablanca on his way to america he will offer a fortune to anyone who furnish him with an exit visa well what's his name victor laszlo it's still it's perhaps a strange circumstance. We both should be in love with the same woman. A case of do or die. The world will always welcome lovers as time goes by. He's looking at you, kid. So that was just a a little bit of a trailer just to get everybody kind of in what the movie's about and like i said it takes place occupied france um this victor no, laszlo is sort it's of not, it's not france well well yeah it's, it's in morocco it's not, it's not in morocco yeah. but go ahead i'm sorry yeah yeah so so anyways and, and this guy rick uh played by humphrey bogart he owns this bar that a lot of stuff happens at um and so anyways uh the the uh resistance leader played by Paul Hainrid. Uh, that's, he is uh, essentially, uh, the, the Nazis are essentially trying to get him back to Nazi territory so they can, you know, do some bad things to him, presumably. <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyways, while they're in this territory, <laughs> technically the French have authority still. And so they're, they happen to, this particular scene that we want to bring up, this is a, kind of a real free speech issue, I think. And, and they're, they're in Rick's place, uh, the sort of happening place, and the Germans are there, and the French authorities are there, and a lot of people are there. And they, at this one point in the movie, 
the German Nazis who were in the bar decide they want to start singing the German national anthem, and which is kind of offensive to a lot of the people who are, you know, there who have been victimized by the German government. So let's let's jump into that clip real quick, and then we can talk about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Roll tape. That's Paul Heenrid, who's walking out there. He looks pretty offended at the moment they hear this. He's sort of the resistance leader. Great. So for those of you who can't see this and who are listening, um, essentially, Paul Hingrid is drowning out the offensive Nazi not national anthem singing with the singing of the French national anthem. And of course, everybody is joining in in the bars to sing the French national anthem. the Germans have sort of retired now. They realize that they, their speech has been completely obliterated by the more preferred speech of hearing the French national anthem. So what did you guys think of that, uh, that particular scene? Well, uh, first of all, the comedy movie, Those Magnificent Men and Their Flying Machines, they did a similar thing with the French and the Germans uh, with the national anthem and, and one singing over the top of the other, uh, which, uh, which happened in England, kind of neutral territory at the time. But uh, anyway, um, the, uh, yeah, it's kind of like Black Lives Matter comes into the restaurant and uh, starts bothering the guests. And then the guests all, um, somehow outnumber them and uh they get up and and shove all the black lives matter people back out into the street i think that's kind of what's going on here because in a sense you know the, the germans were the invaders you know so you know they're in the uh invaded uh part of the world right that was in france during world war ii no, it correct? was in morocco during world war ii oh morocco french french, french morocco yeah french, french morocco, morocco yeah french morocco yes Okay, so they, they were there. The Germans were there as conquerors then, correct? Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, if they don't, if they get drowned out, I mean, you know, I, I can see uh, that the, the Germans may have had the free speech to sing. And that's fine, but uh, the French did too, I guess. Uh, here, you know, one wins over the other, one has a band. The other and, and more people. So there you go. So to the victor go the spoils. Well, you know, I mean, I think this scene raised re some good issues. I mean, this whole thing about cancer culture. But, you know, this is cancer culture in, in, in reverse, which to us is a good thing, right? Because um, this was a case of good speech drawing out bad speech. 
But what if the reverse had happened though? What if the bad speech had won in this particular case? How would we have viewed this? Because it will still be a competition between good speech and bad speech. In that case, cancer culture would have won. So is it is it that if we on private property, this is okay? And if we're in the comments, like we were talking about previously, it is not, or vice versa? Well, Leo, because, yeah. Go ahead, Jason, go ahead. Well, that, that's what I was trying to get at a little bit earlier, I think. And that's the idea that whether you're in a commons or on private property. Now, in this case, it's kind of a weird case because it's a bar. And I guess the expectation was that people could, you know, sing, I guess, if they wanted to when nobody else was. And so these, you know, Nazis had gotten together and started singing the national anthem. And that was kind of putting a damper on everybody else. But uh, when Paul Hainrid comes in and he tells the band to strike up the the, the French national anthem, even, uh, you know, he, he tells them to do it. But it's funny, the band leaders actually look to Humphrey Bogart, who owns the place, and, yeah. and he gives them the nod that they can go ahead and do it. So it's sort of a yeah. private property issue where, you know, hey, they had the right to do this. But um, but they're they're also it's it's a uh, you know it's it's a freedom of speech. I mean it's it's good speech canceling out the bad speech, right? Everybody just joins in with the speech they want to hear instead of right. you know this the, these uninvited people who just started singing. And <laughs> and, you know they just say, hey, you know this this stuff isn't really going over very well. I don't know that was that was my take on it, anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a thumbs up for good speech canceling out bad speech. Okay, there's a thumbs up for it without a doubt. But what but my 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 issue is what if the reverse had happened? It's on private property. What if the reverse had happened? How would we have viewed that? Is it that everybody have the right to 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 speak in this in this environment? And is 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 everybody have the right to be offended in this in, in, in this environment? Where I don't know where we would draw the lines. I mean I'm glad of the outcome. I'm glad about the outcome, but I am not sure about what are the rules of the game. Uh-oh. Looks like uh, Leon's speech mm. has been frozen. <laughs> it's been canceled. <laughs> oh, oh Leon, Leon, you're back, I think. Uh, oh, sort of, oh, wow. Gosh, he's, <laughs> it's like I'm having a LSD hallucination here or something. Uh, well, I, I, I guess the, the – You guys oh, hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you – so oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So the, the thing I'm saying, uh, what, what what are the rules in terms of in terms of where we draw the line on on, on this thing? But I we, mean, everybody has a right of free speech. Well, this is of course not not the United States, but everybody has a right of free speech, and everybody also have to respect other people's right yeah. right to speak, even when their speech is offensive. But um. The Supreme Court have given us boundaries of what is free speech and what is not. So where are the lines drawn is what in this culture, culture environment, if we are looking at this movie as a as a good example of how to take care of cancer culture, where do we draw the lines? If the what if the, re the result was reversed? I do, this is what I'm, I'm having a little bit of question about, even well, though I like the outcome. Yeah, but Leon, that's that was, I think, why it was such a critical point that the band looked to Humphrey Bogart, who owned the place, 
to figure out whether or not they should be able to start playing right then. And then, and then he gave them the okay. So he was the property owner, private property. So he kind of gets to decide Enough. what speech is going to go on. Now, I'll so, bet he was paying their paychecks too. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Because I don't want to run out of time here. Uh, so we have another clip and we'll, we'll forget the knucklehead noise patrol. We have something funny at the end of this anyway. So, uh, but uh, there, there's another scene here that goes beyond speech, but has to do with our, our lockdowns that we've been involved in. And I think you'll enjoy this next clip. So let's roll the next clip. This is immediately following the them being shouted down. But everybody's having such a good time. Yes, much too good a time. The place is to be closed. But I have no excuse to close it. Find one. Is COVID going to be the excuse? Yes. <laughs> Everybody is to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. How can he close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist I, that scene and just followed the other scene. And boy, did that speak to our lockdown. Do you guys have oh, yeah. any thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, no, you were supposed to say that. Yeah, no, I was going to ask, who was that Nazi? Uh, we, we saw the. <laughs> we, can, can, can you back up a little bit, Jay? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, who, who was that Nazi? We saw, uh, we had Humphrey Bogart, Paul Hainrid. And uh, um, uh, James, can you back up to that scene, uh, that that clip, real quick there? Because uh, we were wondering who was playing the Nazi. Can you, yeah. can you back? Oh gosh, I thought that was him. It's Gavin, <laughs> 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 the one who wanted to shut the place down. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the one to shut the place down. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Oh my gosh! Oh, okay, you guys yeah. <laughs> the extreme, the extreme example of government interfering in our lives to the extent that they could just make up reasons as to why they're going to shut us down. If it's not COVID, it's because there's gambling in the place. And of course, notice that the government... Uh-oh. Notice that the government official is enjoying the, um, is enjoying the, the, the winnings of, of, of the gambling that he's now, he's now decrying. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, that was a good one. That took, that took me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist. <laughs> I see. It's a good one. It's a it's a good it's a good one, Jason. Mm. But I mean, you know, it does raise it does raise a lot of issues about about arbitrary government. You mm. know, making rules so arbitrary based on nothing other than the whims of of some government official. You know, it really and truly, it, it it really it really leaves you wondering about the, the, the power of an intrusive government. And we are seeing that here in the United States. Government have become so intrusive that it can tell us when when to stay home, when to go out. You know, um, we, they're saying that this, there's a public health emergency, so we have to abide by their rules. Almost they become like they're a bunch of Nazis, right? <laughs> yeah, almost like they're a bunch. Yeah, exactly. They are overlords or Nazi overlords, I guess. 
we were worried that was always going to come from the federal government. And lo and behold, the, the power hungry uh, governors of these, uh, it always seems to be the Democratic governors are just crazy. They've gone nutcase. And, you know, there's nothing seem, seemingly, what can we do about it? You know, apparently, apparently nothing, really. And to see the media is going along with this, you know, the media is going along with this, that, you know, that, that they'll yeah. they criticize Ron DeSantos for trying to keep his state open, but they're praising Andrew Cuomo and, and Gavin Newsom for closing down our state. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, mm -hmm. gosh, this is uh, just living through terrible times. But, you know, hopefully you can uh, go back and enjoy that movie Casablanca and, you know, catch a few ideas about liberty in that movie uh, that you might not have spotted before. And, uh, you know, we plan to do a few more of those in the future, too. So, uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, you can. Uh, I can't get I can't get that vision of uh, Gavin Newsom out of my head. Playing the German <laughs> officer, they have ways of dealing with you and making you talk. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> we will see you at the next one. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you later. Thank you for watching the Knuckleheads of Liberty. Listen each week in Sacramento on Comcast Channel 17 for Knuckleheads of Liberty on Monday at 5.30 p.m. and the Libertarian Counterpoint Show on Thursday at 8 p.m. Also on YouTube, Facebook, and podcasts everywhere. We invite you to come again next week for the Libertarian Counterpoint Productions.